I like good-looking people. I like to think I'm I'm myself and I'm one of the good-looking people. Episode number 56 of the Filmed Insert Music Video Land podcast put on by your friends at music video, at filmedinsert.com, excuse me. Uh, my name is Adam Fairholm, and then uh, with me as always we have Mr. Doug Klinger in Boynton Beach, Florida. How are you, Doug? Doing super good, Adam. How are you? Coming, coming clean through the proper places? Yes, I'm sorry about last week's episode. I was very angry at myself. My computer has been unplugging, so I was talking to my uh, laptop speakers without knowing it. But anyway, we have more bigger things to talk about on this podcast because we have a really great interview, this podcast, and that is with Brother Ali. And he has a lot going on right now. He has a new tour that is, that's actually the day we interviewed him was the first night of the tour, just last week. Um, the Morning in America tour, which is going all over the place. It's actually stopping by both of us in Boynton Beach, in, uh, in Florida, as well as North Carolina. And then we have uh, the actual album, Morning in America and Dreamy in Color, which comes out on September 18th. Fans of the podcast, because I know most of you guys have listened to every episode ever who are listening right now, uh, will remember that we interviewed Todd on Kasawan not too long ago, and Todd is the director of... Um, Brother Ali's one of Brother Ali's more recent videos. He he just released recently released his second video off the Morning in America and Dreaming in Color album, and Todd directed the first video off of that, which is titled Morning in America. And the second one is Only Life I Know, directed by Dave Wilson, who is a collaborator, a music video collaborator with Brother Ali. He's directed several of his other videos, so definitely check those out um, um, for the interview and. Um, for, you, for those of you who don't know, Brother Ali is a rapper, and uh, if you, as he mentions in his introduction, one of the first things that's usually said about him is that he's, first of all, albino and a Muslim. So he gets a lot of uh, press for not only his music and also his music videos, but also uh, for a lot of the political content that he has. Uh, in his songs and his videos, he's actually been featured on Huffington Post. If you're a frequent Huffington Post reader like I am, out of force of habit, uh, you will see um, he said quite a few stories pop up on there, um, including a, a, an op-ed that he recently wrote. So we're going to talk to Brother Ali in the second half of the show. If you're new to the podcast, uh, which many of you may be, we have our interview in the second half, and then uh, we talk amongst ourselves, uh, uh, talking about a music video topic in the front uh, first 15 minutes or so. So, um, Doug, we're talking, just mentioned the Shine On video directed by Dave Wilson, which has a very literal uh, interpretation of the lyrics. The the, the lyrics of uh, Shine On are basically the you know, this serves as a script for the actual video. It's a great video. Definitely check it out. Um, but that got me thinking about different kinds of literal interpretations of videos. And one of my uh, f- favorites, and this kind of new thing that's come about in the last only really two years, is uh, known as the lyric video. Are you f- familiar with these, Doug? Absolutely familiar with the lyric video. Um, my grandfather would say, I used to call 
those karaoke videos. Exactly. <laughs> right. So um, hor- it's a horrible joke, and I don't even have an, a living grandfather. So <laughs> I, I should have not got sad real quick. <laughs> um, we should start off by defining what a lyric video is, because maybe you haven't seen one before. Um, basically, if you have a big pop artist uh, like Britney Spears or Taylor Swift, and they have a music video, you usually can type in, you know, the name of the artist in YouTube, the search bar, the name of the artist, the name of the song. And lyric video and you know for a lot of recent songs there will be a video that's not the official video um, almost definitely came out well before the official video and has some sort of animation or uh, lyrics over it so you watch the song and then the lyrics come up and you can and you can follow along that's the basic that's the basic gist of it yeah and I think these probably originated with fan-made stuff um and then vivo kind of swooped in and started doing some official versions of it and that's why you've seen more recently coming from official sources than the last few years because i think you've been seeing them on youtube since youtube kind of began because people have always been looking for a place to kind of display their songs on the internet and and there isn't really a standardized standardized place to do that and so since youtube has a lot of viewers and a lot of you know users they they just put the audio track and, you know, a variety of things. I actually think they originated with people putting weird pictures. <laughs> Do you remember those videos? Oh, there's so many of them. I'm sure there still are. And, and I think that those kind of evolved into the lyric videos. I, I'm, I'm a little bummed that Vivo doesn't, hasn't adopted the weird picture <laughs> video thing. But, uh, but yeah, I think that's, that's been the case because they're still just as valuable um, than a music video. They still get tons of hits. Right. I think they're, you know, the, the important thing is, is, is you know two points that our artist is looking at like so let's say you are Britney Spears and you're releasing a video for um, what's that song uh, criminal this is one of the an early example of, of a lyric video from 2010 and uh, you know your video is in production or it is you know not been released yet well you could you know and you want to get that track out there and you, what you want to do is control the experience. Um, so you don't want, if somebody wants to listen to the, your track, um, you don't want to put it somewhere where they're going to easily be able to rip the MP3, right? Um, you know, there are a lot of different options for hosting um, audio. You could even just throw it up on an FTP, but you, you know, um, it's probably going to be pretty easy to get that audio. Uh, YouTube doesn't have that problem usually because as of late, they've, they've really cracked down on these like YouTube video to MP3 converters. Um but and but you also want to control the experience, right? You don't want it to be some Windows Movie Maker where somebody it's like the blue, you know that blue text with the white, the with the white uh, or the blue background with the white text where they just put up the lyrics. Maybe they get some of them wrong and stuff like that. So if you know you have tons of fans that want to hear you know Criminal by Britney Spears, and then you have a problem on YouTube, they're all looking for this song, and then they're all finding these crap, not usually crappy fan made versions. And also, it could be not the official mix of the song you know somebody could have gotten a legal download of an uh, you know a, a wrong you know a, a group rip and not the web rip or what i don't i don't know how those terms but uh no that definitely know. happens yeah 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 and, and then they and then they post the non-official version of the song or you know in the case of kanye west he'll have to re-record them completely and you still got the old versions out there so you definitely want to be able to control a lot of the aspects of it and um you know, lyric videos are still, you know, visually appealing to a certain degree. And, and some even take it further than that. Um, 
and and either way for the most part they're still going to end up being much cheaper than a music video and i wonder do you think do you think some artists go out there and test the audience with songs through that through that way like maybe put two songs out there that they're deciding what which one they're going to do the video for and whatever one kind of pe- you know it's like they're polling them uh-huh. against each other like lyric videos for two two songs I'm. I have no clue about that. But come on, Adam, get your inside info <laughs> hat on. I don't really think so because you know one of the reasons that we're talking about lyric videos here is, is because they're starting to be used as a promotional tool, uh, and they're starting to go up and up and up in production values and be promoted a lot and get a lot of views. The, and this is just really a very very recent phenomenon in the past, you know, two maybe three years. Um, and I, you know, some of these are getting just massive, massive views. And you know, we should mention um, that uh, uh, the revenue sharing model of YouTube has a lot to do with this. Because, like we said, if you know, if you have traffic, this this demand for a song going into you know a hundred different fan made videos with lyrics up on there, then you're losing all that, you know, revenue sharing uh, for, right. for clicks. Uh, if, right. if you're an official source, you know, like the like the band. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. I was just going to say the, the there's no there's no additional value for the ad over top of a video if it's a lyric video or an official music video. YouTube doesn't like give you extra money because it's an official music video versus a lyric video. If all they care about is who's looking at the ads and who's clicking in them. So if, you know, if a lyric video is getting more clicks, that that's probably cool with the label. So maybe we should talk about some specific lyric videos uh, that we that we enjoy because both, you know, uh, all sides of the spectrum are doing this. We have, you know, huge pop stars doing this. And we also have independent artists doing it as well. Um, so, you know, right off the bat, I want to bring up... Uh, one that, as far as I know, has the most views I've seen of a music of a lyric video, and, and if if I'm wrong, somebody please correct us on Twitter or something like that. And I believe that it is Maroon Five featuring Christina Aguilera, "Moves Like Jagger," um, and currently, as of uh, recording time, they have eleven hundred and eleven million six hundred and thirty-five thousand views on this lyric video. And it's a great lyric video. Have you, you know, it's it's basically got the three M's. You know, the the song is that really steady backbeat. It's got three M's, RGB colors, and they're like bound. You know, they're vibrating with the music and moving around. And there's this black bar in the middle with the lyrics. But you know, that's all it is. It's not the actual music video. I don't think that's. I think that's. I th- I would I would qualify that one as a phoned in one. Uh, I don't know. Really, I, that's a good I've one. Seen, I like it. I've seen some that are just. And I'll get into some. There are there are a lot of text-based ones, right? There are some that that that. Uh, I mean, they all obviously are text-based because they're lyric videos. But there are some that are just clearly computer-generated text-based. And a lot of times, it's just sometimes it literally will just be the words faded up and down. And, and that one maybe has a little bit more life to them. But sometimes there are, there are some that are really like. There's a lot of you know camera movement, post-production camera movement, and uh, you know effects with the text going on and. And there are even more, once you get into uh, some of the more independent artists, you'll see some of these lyric videos that are really like big animated pieces on their own. Um, like video I saw uh, by, by a group, Cassettes Won't Listen, and the song is falling apart. Um, this, they essentially animated a, a cartoon. This is a, it was uh, directed by uh, Micah Min, and it's essentially a, a, like a cartoon with the lyrics. And so 
that's I think that's probably one of the best of the best when it comes to the computer generated one. So uh, yeah, I'm calling I'm calling moves like Jagger phoned in. We I'm should sorry. describe what that video is is because it's it's really creative. That in, you know instead of using the words, I mean. There's words there, but the words form different pictures and form the animation. So there's a he- head formed out of the lyrics with the lips moving. The cassettes won't listen video, right? Right. right. Yes, it's it, and that's that's a relatively recent video, and it was actually um, commissioned by Radar Music Videos. If you've heard of them, we definitely have heard of them. Um, another one that is we'll talk about them on a different podcast because I like to uh, deserves a, they, maybe we can have them on. Um, the another one that has been very popular is the CeeLo Green. Oh, we're an explicit podcast. The CeeLo Green "Fuck You" video, which is really neat. It's a it's a very um, uh, um, typography based video. I, I think people who are fans of typography and type are probably fans of this lyric video phenomenon because the entire video is like those. Um, Chevy, you know, those Ford F-150 commercials with Dennis Leary narrating where the words are, you know, popping up and moving around and things like that. But it's it's very, very simple. It's just different colored backgrounds with the with the words. Um, but less less phoned in, I think, than the moves like Jagger. See, I give that one a little bit more credit. Well, on my on my meter of how much credit I give, <laughs> that one gets more. So it's important. People must know that. And so I think the the one uh, that really for me blurs the lyric video that blurs the line between an actual music video and a lyric video is a really recent one for Taylor Swift's song "We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together," directed by Declan Whitebloom, and the the main video, not the lyric video. And the lyric video has a good amount of uh, 15 million views on YouTube. Obviously, not anywhere near the 111 of moves like Jagger. But it is fully uh, stop motion animated, so all the lyrics are appearing in these little scenes that are not computer generated. Obviously, they might have had some computer generated help, <clears throat> but it's it's really you know like a kind of cut and paste, move things around, you know, cotton balls for clouds. Really beautifully done and really well done lyric video, and each of the scenes has something a little bit to do with the lyrics. Um, so obviously somebody spent some time and some budget uh, for this video, definitely. Uh, it, it almost could be considered an alternate, I think, in my mind. But it is definitely cl- classified by them as a lyric video. So anyway, there are some great lyric videos. Those are some great ones that you mentioned and the ones that I mentioned were good. Well, there are tons of them. And, you know, one of the, you know, we saw this, uh, we were just kind of, after the Taylor Swift one, we saw we were kind of talking about it. Uh, a few weeks ago, and we decided to make lyric videos something that you can add to videos. So if you're part of the beta, um, and when the beta is lifted, any user can do this. Just click Add Info, and you can just add the URL, uh, Vimeo or YouTube at the moment, of a lyric video for a music video, and then it'll be listed right in the you know the data area for a video. So we definitely want to track those. Um, we're not tracking director or any crew for any of them, but uh, we're definitely tracking them. Yeah, make note of them. So get on in there. Get up in the beta. Get up in the adding, stu- adding stuff, and get up in the lyric videos. And so after that, you should listen to this interview. That's right. We're very excited to welcome to the podcast Brother Ali, who is, as we mentioned at the top, a rapper who has uh, out of the Midwest, out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, who has a really great stable of music videos for a number of reasons. Number one, he has worked with some great directors like Todd Ancasa and like Dave Wilson, um, and he has a lot of politically charged 
content like Morning in America um, and Only Life I Know, his two most recent music videos. Um, he has a tour that he's on right now, and he's also re- uh, releasing the Morning in America album, Morning in America and Dreaming in Color album. So check out those videos, but first, check out our interview with Brother Ali. I'm Brother Ali. I'm a hip-hop artist out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. I come from a collective of independent artists um, in the underground called Rhyme Series Entertainment. A lot of people know um, our flagship group, which kind of started our movement, which is called Atmosphere. Um, and, um, you know, a lot of people in the first paragraph of every story about me, they always write that I'm a Muslim and that I'm also an albino, and uh, that I just kind of have a unique outlook on life, and I write songs that are really um, really kind of descriptive of the way that I see the world and the way that I experience the world. I'm also uh, legally blind, so I just kind of have a unique take on things. Um, I didn't have any particular team that I could just join socially, so I had to kind of navigate my own way. And it made for a really kind of peculiar way of thinking about things and seeing things. And that's helped me out in writing songs. I also rap very, very, very well. And so um, I write really good, and I I rap it really good. And, you know, one of the the reasons or one of the many reasons we want to talk to you is because, you know, what you're doing in the music video world is really, you know, along with, you know, along with your music is really interesting, really unique. Um, and, you know, I've heard you say that, you know, as far as, you know, marketing yourself, you know, nowadays you are the marketing department um, for getting your name out there. And I was just wondering, where do you see music videos as fitting into, you know, an overall marketing plan for you? How big are those? How big do music videos factor into that? It's crazy. It's so much. I mean, it's it's I don't want to say it's everything because I want to still believe that the music is the main is everything and that all the other stuff is our accessories but you know just with the way that people relate to the world now is very visual whereas people even relate to their music visually we relate to each other visually uh which is strange for me because like I said I'm I'm legally blind so I can I can see but not well enough to really do the things that other people do you know what I mean um, so for me to have to, you know, kind of translate to that world, the way that I do it is describe what I want people to take from the video. I describe the scenes that I'd like to show people, um, and then I have to rely on directors and directors of photography to really kind of pull that off. And um, so, you know, we release songs all the time. We'll make an announcement about something all the time. But until there's a video for it, it's almost like it's not real to people, hmm. um, you know. Which which is an interesting commentary on where we're at socially, that we just don't believe things unless we see them. But those visual things can be very deceptive, um, and so it's it's very interesting that we we relate to things in in such a inauthentic way. Not that video can't be authentic, because it can be. Um, and not that we can't mislead with other types of communication, because we can't. But there's something particular about video 
um, about the way that you shoot things, the way that you light things. You know, there's only so much you can do with a microphone and effects, you know, to make your voice sound a certain way. But there's a lot you can do to make things look cooler than they are. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So is that the way your relationship with directors will often work? You tell them the idea you're trying to get across and you leave it to them to get it across for you? Yeah, I, I talk to people about the ideas. Um, you know, I know what the song feels like to me, and I know what I see in my head when I made the song. Um, and so I, I get a feel for the person. If I feel like they understand what I'm saying and what I'm going for and what I would like to see, then I, I kind of have to trust them with it. Um, the Morning in America video, which is the first one from this album, um, the guy's name, the director is Todd, and I'm, I'm not 100% on how to pronounce his last name. It's uh, on Kasawan. We had him a couple weeks back on the show. Oh, nice. Dope, dope, dope. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's great, man. He's great. And, he, you know, I basically, I, I sat and wrote a list. This, is, this video is about violence and death and murder and um, all aspects of murder in American life. So the drone attacks that we perpetuate in other countries, the terrorism we experience, the, you know, street crime violence that we experience you know, killing and assassinating political leaders, um, uh, lethal injection, electric chair, capital punishment, all this stuff. So, you know, I, I basically made a list of all these things that I wanted him to depict. And he did a lot of those, but then he also came with a few of them as well. Um, you know, I, I brought in a, a crew of um, extremely talented, amazing young Muslim women that wear full burqas and, um, you know, that actual veil is called a niqab. They wear the veil and they, but they're pop lockers. Like they're poppers and lockers, they break dance with that on. And it's, it's amazing. But then Todd brought in some really cool ideas as well. Like so much of, you know, what I've been trying to do with this album and this song is just kind of um, take the ideas that we have as a society and turn them backwards. Just kind of flip them around to say, um, you know, you know, one person's warfare is another person's terrorism. And, you know, it really depends on who you are in, in relation to the violence that's happening, to how you see it. Um, you know, and, and so he had the idea to have, you know, U.S. soldiers carrying one of their fallen comrades, and they take their, but they're wearing masks, and they take their masks off in the Arab-American soldiers, U.S. soldiers, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um so a lot of those ideas he actually brought into it, and that meant a lot. But it just, you know, we sat down in L.A. and played in the song, and he was excited, and he just kept talking, 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 talking. I'm like, okay, this is the guy. Um, the video that came out today is called Only Life I Know, and that's a song about what it's like to be trapped in poverty. And um, the brother that, that shot that one's name is Dave Wilson, and he grew up homeless you know, living in all kinds of situations, you know, tents and he lived in reservations and teepees and like he lived in the, in the desert and, you know, lived under bridges and just in cars and all that kind of stuff. And so he really got it. I've been poor and I've been, you know, a certain degree of homeless, but he spent his entire childhood like that. And still sometimes will just not have an apartment, even though he's a working director. He did Frank Ocean video. He did a bunch of videos for us. 
you know, he's a working director, he's, you know, but there's times where he'll just be homeless almost on purpose. And um, so I knew he'd be perfect to, like, go out in the street and, like, really capture that. So it was dope, you know what I mean? Like, get these, these people that just really get it and can can do the, the work that I can't do because I just literally can't see to do it. Now, you know, you mentioned the Morning in America video, which, you know, as you mentioned, has such, you know, provocative, political, and, you know, thought-provoking imagery. Um, and, you know, it was interesting that, you know, one of the places that it premiered was on Huffington Post, which is a news site. And we're seeing that, you know, more where videos will, will, will kind of appear in places um, that are not, you know, MTV premieres or something like that. It'll be in a, in a different venue. Was there any decision around, you know, premiering, you know, political video like that in on a political site? Well, you know, yes. Um, kind of my thinking is, you know, when I went into this album, I, I let the, you know, my friends at the label basically know that this is going to be a really... Um, uh, you know, an album that focuses a lot on social and political issues and that it wasn't going to be as, you know, in, in the past I've always made music that I was kind of inviting people to be more human. I was inviting people to see um, themselves and others and inviting people to, you know, keep track of and affirm other people's humanity. But it was a, a kind of an open-ended, um, non-confrontational tone that I always took. And I felt like with this album that I didn't want to do that only. There still is some of that because it's based on love. It's based on the fact that we're all humans, human beings. Um, there's an instinctual understanding that we all deserve to be afforded a certain level of dignity and respect just for having membership in the human family. I think that's what's natural. I don't think it's natural to completely disregard somebody else and devalue other people's humanity. I think that's learned behavior. Um, so I've always kind of touched on that, and there still is some of that in this album. But there's a, this, this is a lot more challenging. It's a lot more demanding. It's a lot, you know, I've, I've had listeners that have taken my words and they've heard what they want to hear, and they actually change the meaning of what I'm saying to mean something almost opposite of what I'm saying. And so I wanted to have certain statements on this album that you cannot... There's no out. You either don't listen to this, or you have to confront what I'm what I'm presenting you with. And so when I knew that we was gonna, I was, it was going to be some stuff like that on this album. And the label said, "Okay, we're with you 100 percent if that's what's in your heart to do." And you know, we're, we're dear friends, so they knew that that was. They, I'm, I'm sure I didn't even have to tell them that's where I was going. They kind of knew it. They said, "If that's what you're doing, just know you. Some of your friends are not going to go along with you on this ride." And so it's going to be important to, um, you know, pick up listeners and support from people who are already thinking like that. You know, I've never really solicited that kind of support before. I've never, you know, really done a whole lot of speaking at colleges and, you know, going and performing at the Democratic Convention and all that kind of stuff. I've never really done all of that stuff, you know what I mean? I've just been in the music world. And so, the, you know, the idea was kind of that it'd be good to at least expose what we're doing to that sector of the population so that if they like, if they feel like it's useful to them and that they enjoy it, that they have the opportunity to support it. 
so then I wonder, has, has that move worked out for you, uh, premiering it on, on Huffington Post? Um, you know, have, has your, have you found that your music is reaching a, a you know, a broader audience that is, that is more in tune to the subject matter that you're dealing with on this album and, and in that video that, that maybe wouldn't, wouldn't be premiering it elsewhere? Maybe. Um, maybe. I, it's hard to know. Uh, I didn't, there wasn't a lot of, like, just looking at the comments on YouTube, there weren't a lot of negative ones, which makes me think, whenever there's not negative comments, that means that you're really only hitting your target base, you know, and that you're not expanding outside your base. The idea with the video was to challenge people, and so I was hoping to get a lot more, fuck you, <laughs> you know, which is what, which is what, you know, um, insecure, immature people who live in a death-denying Disneyland society like ours, that's what we do when we're challenged. You know, we, we declare war. <laughs> you know what I mean? When somebody asks us to do something other than what we're used to doing, we declare war on them. Um, and so I, I, was think, I was expecting to get a lot more of that, and the fact that we didn't makes me think that we, that we haven't quite pushed those buttons yet. Um, I'm not quite sure how to do that. The, the structure isn't in place to make message music and have it heard by the by the public. Now you're the first artist we've talked to who has embraced negative YouTube content uh, comments. That's uh, that's a new perspective for us, but it makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a, like you know, it's a it's, it's a way to track a certain segment of people. That's not everybody, but you know, if 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 all of your comments are saying something, you know, there's a common trend or theme. It does give you some insight into into what casual observers are saying or what your core friends are saying whoever is showing up on those comments. Now, I also wanted to um, ask about the, the correlation between the Morning in America video and the Uncle Sam Goddamn video from 2007. Because a recent op-ed from you came out, uh, you know, talking about, uh, you know, um, about Tyler, the creator, and, and Frank Ocean, and talking about your growth as an artist. Um, you know, in the in the musical sense, do you also see that growth, um, co- you know, manifested in you know a music video form? I just see those two music videos dealing in the in, in similar topics, but in a much different way. Yeah, well, the the Uncle Sam goddamn song and video is talking about the legacy of pain. It's talking about the the, the underside of the American experience. You know, and that came out, you know, post 9-11, George Bush era, when we were all being sold this, this kind of gun-ho, us or them, America's the, you know, number one in everything idea of what America is, and, you know, blind patriotism. And so that video was basically to cut up against that grain and say, you know, there are a lot of people who have suffered and who have, you know, their lives have been destroyed so that some people can have what they perceive to be the American dream. And that, so that's dealing with more of like the historical context. Mm-hmm. Um, Morning in America deals specifically with violence. Uh, I think that, that that blind patriotism has kind of dwindled because so many people are in poverty now. So many people are struggling now. That the idea of American, America being number one just isn't there anymore. It, it, I don't think it's the prevalent dominant. Um, and is that, country. 
And is that the the nerve you want to hit with the only life I know video to 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 just play that poverty, that that reality that's happening now? Yeah, I want I wanted to humanize the poor. You know what I mean? I wanted to show um, what that really feels like to be trapped in poverty. To just know that this is my life, and that no matter what I do, whether that's true or not, you know what I mean? People who are not in that situation, it's very easy to say, well, if you work hard and you so and so and you just do everything you're supposed to do. But there's a lot of people that do everything they're supposed to do for their entire life and they die broke and penniless and, and own nothing and leave nothing to their children. And, you know, um, and it's not because they weren't smart. It's not because they weren't moral. It's not because they had bad work ethics. It's, that's just the way our society is engineered, that some people just aren't, don't have a shot. Uh, and the fact that a few exceptional ones, you know, Jay-Z just said the other day that he doesn't understand what the Occupy movement is about. And he made it out. But he's also, you know, 99th percentile of intelligence and charisma and talent. And, you know, he's just one of the smartest human beings in entertainment. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, you made it out. That's amazing. You made it out. And you're to be commended for that. And um, I don't look at Jay-Z as being the 1%, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but the reality is that the average person that comes from where Jay-Z comes from doesn't have, you know, most people aren't A students. The average person is a C student. And so a C student in Marshall Project or, you know, in the Fifth Ward of Houston or in the Appalachian, you know, they don't have the same opportunities that a C student has, you know, in the suburbs, in you know, of Denver, and you don't have the same opportunities, and not, their life is not going to end up being the same. So the idea is to humanize the poor, show them, show who they really are, show the fact that it's not just people of color, that it's not just, you know, drug dealers and welfare queens, the way that, that we're portrayed, but that it's, it's moms and it's old people and it's young people and it's people getting up every day trying to find work and people getting up and going to work every day and just don't make enough to really make ends meet. And, uh, you know, and then there's some people that work just as an option for them. So they hustle, they do alternative, you know, businesses, you know, sell drugs or whatever. So, yeah, that, with that one, I, I was really trying to highlight that. So, you know, you, you have videos that, like, you know, like the um, Only Life I Know that, that came out today in Morning in America that deal with heavy subjects. And then... You know, we you also have a video like Shine On, which is directed by Dave Wilson, which is, you know, a really funny, lighthearted video. Was it was it uh, enjoyable to kind of shoot uh, something that was more of a comedy um, and get it, get kind of a, a break from other material? How did that how did you enjoy that process? Definitely. Yeah, that one was a lot of fun. Um, and Dave Wilson is actually the same guy that shot uh, Only Life I Know video. Same thing. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, no, that one was a lot of fun because the um, the uh, just the surroundings and the you know it was kind of a last minute shoot. Um, it was interesting with that one because Nikki Jean, who is an incredible singer, she's you know grew up in a couple different places in her childhood, but one of them was the Twin Cities, um, and just really extremely bright. Uh, pianist and songwriter and singer and um, she also happens to be drop dead gorgeous 
and uh, she had a a record deal with Sony for a while, and they kind of were had the idea of making her the new Alicia Keys, you know, the singer songwriter, you know, super pretty girl. So they had her co-write songs with like some of the most amazing songwriters of our time, like Burt Backrack and Carol King and Bob Dylan and others, and um, ended up doing this entire album with her and then decided not to release it and just kind of shelved it. So she's kind of starting over now after having done enormous work. She's starting over as an independent artist now. Um, but So she sang the chorus for me as a favor, just on some friendships, stuff like, you know, we're dear friends. And I brought her to town to record the thing, to record the chorus and do the video. And kind of in a moment of blind male privilege, I guess, um, I just assumed that she'd be the pretty, you know, the romantic interest in the video. And when she showed up, she said, man, I hate to do this, but you never really, we never really talked about this, but I don't do the pretty girl in the video thing because I'm trying to be, I need to be known as a singer and songwriter. And if she's like, that's one of the things with Sony is I wouldn't just let them make me the pretty girl. I need, it, I need for the world to know that the way that they relate to me is as, is as a musician and as somebody who has something to say. Um, and so she, that was the night before the shoot. And so I was like, wow, that's amazing. You know what I mean? I have utmost respect for that when I think about it. She hasn't really done a lot of music videos. Um, and she's actually turned a lot of stuff down where people were trying to get her to do that. And so Dave actually, the director Dave Wilson actually found, um, he had a friend that just was able to step in and she nailed it. She did a great job. Her facial expressions and everything were perfect. Um, so, yeah, that, that one was really fun. We just shot it in a day. And it, what's really dope to me, and this, this, this was my one contribution to that whole process, that was on a free EP called The Bite Mark Tart, which came out on Valentine's Day. And Ryan Sayers, um, we're, we're connected to this restaurant called Heidi's, the upscale restaurant, really fly, really nice, um, you know, trendy kind of restaurant, um, amazing food. Dude that owns it is incredible, his, him and his wife. Um, but they have a mural that's painted by an artist that's a great friend of mine named Eric Inkela, this heart. Um, and I said, okay, I want to use that as the cover for the album. And then we also shot the video there. So that at the end of the video, when I'm walking away from the girl, you see that mural in the background, and that's actually the cover of the album. Oh, nice. That's, uh, that's cross-promotion right there. Yeah. I don't know how many people <laughs> really caught it. But I, I was very, very proud of myself. I felt like I actually had an artistic, a visual artistic moment for a second. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, and before we let you go, I wanted to ask about one more video. And that is uh, one of my favorites, which is the Break and Dawn video directed by Chris um, Glebe, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. And it's yeah. different in your canon of videos because it's an animated video. Um, and, it, you know, it tells a story. I was just wondering how, how you came to, because you mentioned that you, you, you know, you talk about the feeling of a video to a director. Um, did you come to, to Chris Glebe with the idea of doing a, um, an animated video? Uh, Film, where did that come from him? Um, well, we've known him for a long time. Um, he, We met him as a graffiti artist named Devious. And um, he's done a lot of work around Sears. He designed our logo. Hmm. Um, he designed, it was like an atmosphere logo, like their main 
logo. Um, he designed that too. Um, he, you know, he did T-shirts and stuff for us, and all kind of things. He's just all around, like really, just really cool visual artist. And so I think the idea was always just kind of in the air that one day somebody on Rhymesters would do an animated video with him. And with the Us album, which was my my last album that came out in 2009, I had a really hard time um, trying to figure out how to do videos for that album. And we really only did two. We did that one, and then we did one of me in the studio just rapping one of the songs, um, and then footage from the recording process. But um, that animated video came about because we, I just couldn't figure out how to hire actors and how to just visualize some of these, like, songs that were conceptual and had a lot to do with people, and there was cultural and racial um, elements of of the conversation that I'm having on those songs. And so to have them depicted improperly would, would be... Uh, you can really take things in the wrong direction. You can really end up saying something very different than what the songs are saying. So with that, at least I, I trusted that. You know, there's just so much trust, man. Like, this music means a lot to me. I'm not just making fun-ass, you know, jump around and act stupid songs. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just not what I do. I make songs that mean a lot to me, and they're about people. They're about me, and they're about people that I love and care about. And it's really hard for me to trust uh, directors to portray those. I wanted to ask you one one more, and uh, tell me if it's uh, too personal. Because you mentioned that you know that you are legally blind, and since you know music videos are uh, you know a visual medium, when you when you finish a, mu- a music video with a director, I mean, um, you know, how much can you evaluate the the out- output or the actual f- finished product of the video? Because um, we you know we've never talked to anybody who you know an artist who you know has some trouble, you know, seeing the finished product? Um, I, I, I can, I can see them, you know, there's things where they're like, well, I'm going to color correct this. Mm-hmm. And then they send it back and I'm like, okay, what, did you color correct it? I can't <laughs> tell a lot of the times, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'll see things that feel strange to me and I'm not exactly sure why. My editing ideas are usually, or like my notes I give people, are usually the way that I would edit a song. You know, where where I'd be like, like I, I give them song timings where I'd be like, you know, on the third bar, on the third bar, the fourth beat of the third bar, have it switch right on the snare. When the snare hits, have it go to that. You know what I mean? Right. And a lot of times they don't like that. They want time. Like, at, tell me at one minute forty five point three seconds, hit it, so and so. You know. Um, so that's it. I will say that almost every video I've ever done came out different than how I envisioned it in my head. Almost all of them. For for Very better few. or for worse or or variations. Usually for better. Usually for better. Um, uh, yeah, I think Morning in America came out uh, something like what I envisioned. Only Life I Know was way better than what I thought it would be. Hmm. I, I didn't have a whole lot of high expectations for that. And they just did an incredible job in my mind. Um, you know, Shine On, Shine On was, was 
I like that one. Um, I was hoping to see more emotion in the characters in the Breaking Dawn video. Hmm. And I'm not exactly sure. Like, I guess I, I was thinking it would move different. I wasn't mad at the direction that he did. That was an artistic choice. You know, it's one thing when, when somebody just doesn't have the skills to do something or the resources, and then there's another thing when they're making an artistic choice for it to be different. And so the way that the characters move um, on that video isn't quite how I envisioned it, but he did it like that on purpose. You know what I mean? Right. It, it gave it kind of a playfulness. Um, it, you know, they kind of felt like old toys or something. Um, you know, this is a little different than, than what I envisioned it. I wasn't mad at it. I thought it was good, though. I was, I was, I'm still happy with the video. It was just different than what I envisioned. No, I love that video. Um, but I could, I could see how, it, yeah, the, 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 the movements and the expressions are so wooden. I can see if you're, you, you know, did you envision it, you know, in the beginning, just not as a final product, but a, a possibility of of having live actors before you switch to animated was there some vestige of that in when you were evaluating it um yeah to a certain degree mm -hmm. to a certain degree i mean once once you know the director is an artist too and you know you're commissioning them so they're they're trying to do what what they think you want um but as you got to like let them be artists as well and the best ones are you know the ones that you can really let them do their thing, and they're, and they're just gonna do it right. But you, they have to get it. They have to really get what you're going for. tidbit that we didn't get to mention in the, in the beginning of our discussion of lyric videos is do you know what the f the first lyric video is of all time uh no well uh, if it, whenever anybody talks about lyric videos other than us mo they most like you know they usually mention uh, prank for time by george michael all the way back in 1990 mm, right that one now is that your pick of the week or you that just... is that is not my pick of the week i'm just dropping some knowledge on you're it. just dropping some knowledge beefing up the show notes letting people know that because George Michael was not willing to be in his music videos that he originated the music video. Thanks for dropping that in and letting me fill it, fill in the gaps. Right. Well, we should just mention this is 1990, heyday music videos, and George Michael does not want to appear in his music video for uh, Praying for Time. So they make essentially a lyric video, black with white text with the lyrics. And this, you know, was such a novelty that it actually got into rotation and pretty heavy rotation in MT on MTV for uh, several weeks in 1990. So there you go. There's a large gap. But then now we are here again in 2012 dealing with a lot of lyric videos. That's crazy. Big, big, uh, it's like full circle almost. Um, uh, each circle takes 20 years. Uh, so what... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so you know what else? You know what it takes to, not doesn't take twenty years is picks of the week. What's your pick of the week? I thought you were going to tell us your pick of the week. Oh, you want me to go first because that would require me to find one, and so you you look at music videos all day and you can't pick one. Well, because I love them all so much, and I usually do like an eeny meeny miny mo until you finish and whatever whatever video okay, I'm pointing at. Okay, great. So my pick of the week this week is uh, a band called Fort Lean, 
and a song called Sunsick. And this is directed by Ethan Berger, I believe, or Berger, I'm not really sure. Ethan, if you're the off chance that you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, Doug, have you ever been hungover? I have. It's horrible. It is. And I don't know. There's something about the... I'm not really up a lot in the morning. On the weekdays, I am. But I I, rare, I, I just don't make it. I don't make the call on the weekends, usually. Um, I, I find it very odd to be up in the morning and the, on the weekends, especially after a night of partying. And um, this video was just... I thought was interesting for its portrayal of, you know, obviously after a night of some sort of drinking, you know, being up in the morning, kind of wandering around, being detached from the world. This guy's kind of wandering around. He's got stains all over his shirt. You could, you know, he, he obviously has had some sort of uh, um, experience the night before and is, you know, seeing different people. And you, you kind of feel disconnected from the world when you're walking walking around and you maybe haven't got a lot of sleep and you see these people with normal sleep schedules. I don't know if any of this was meant by the director or the band in this. That was just my personal interpretation. And I thought, you know, the, the coloring and just the effects and the, um, the acting of the lead singer from uh, Fort Lean really lended itself to that. And, uh, um, and they also did a kind of a fun band setup on a beach which I think is missing from music videos a lot. I don't see the classic band set up on a beach. You guys are setting up all over the place, in city streets, on buses and stuff like that. But what's wrong with the beach? It's nice, it's got sand. Uh, the song is great too. Um, I thought it was just a, you know, not a very overly complicated video, but just a, a, a really enjoyable one. So that's my pick, Sunsick by Fortland, directed by Ian Berger or Berger. Uh, that's a long last name. Burger or Berger? How is that spelled? It reminds me of the. Um, you ever seen email addresses that are that are really uh, terrible to give out over the phone? Mm, like one. Mm, <laughs> <No>. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Email addresses that would be really annoying to give out over the phone, and I'll put this link in the show notes. But it. It defeats the purpose for me to read them, but here we go. Mike underscore 2004 at yahoo.com. One of them, one of my favorites is A-A-A-A-A. That's six A's at yahoo.com. Yeah, I get it. I get it because it's spelled out. Now I like, all right. Uh, very, yeah, you, you have to see them. That's the joke. So I don't know. I'm just explaining. This is, that's great. Jokes you have to see on the podcast. <laughs> that should be a podcast on its own. Just just jokes that you have to see described over the podcast. Uh, uh, anyway, I have a pick of the week finally, too, because you said the word beach music videos, and uh, that made me make one up. Um, <laughs> uh, my, my pick of the week is by a man named Lil Flip. And the song is Sunshine. And this video is from 2004. The reason I'm picking this video is because it was shot across the street from my parents' house in 2004. Uh, my parents have, live on the beach and across the street there's a big fancy house. It's so fancy that it makes for a great background for a hip hop video. And uh, Will Flip, who you may know from Houston rapping fame, rapping in Houston, uh, Made a song called Sunshine, and it was, and it, and what, what, what else? You know, may know from rapping in Houston. Oh, oh yeah, I know about rapping in Houston. Please tell me more. You know, because he's, because he's from Houston. Uh, um, uh, one of the things very famous for being on the beach is sunshine, uh, which is, <laughs> which makes it perfect 
which makes this the per my uh, which makes my parents block the perfect place for this video so check it out you can see my parents roof at the beginning if you pause it it'll probably like the 14 second point or a little bit around there so little flip sunshine ducklinger's pick of the week so i i have there's some pretty amazing things about this video and my, one of my favorites is the whole premise of the video i guess is that little flip is not spending enough time at home right the ho okay. home who happens to be the one across here from your parents place right and, ironically <laughs> it's not the right use of ironic and i guess a... i guess his wife is like she goes up to the this fridge thing which does you know exist. he's you're assuming he's married which is or his girlfriend or whatever yeah, I mean, you're just too traditional for Lil Flip's lifestyle, but whatever. Uh, yeah, I'll get into this. It is my big of the week, so I will describe what happens. His parents, or his parents, <laughs> go ahead. So his his wife or significant other goes over to this like thing that's hanging on the fridge that's beautiful with like a chrome bezel, but the actual interface looks like something from like 1997. And she like clicks on a calendar date that says Flip in-store appearance, and she's like, oh shit. He's getting like, oh man, here he goes again with these in-store appearances. And I just want to say, you're in a gorgeous, beautiful house on the beach. And you're mad that he has to go uh, go to, a, to a, an in-store appearance? And what day of the week? It's very important. It's a weekday. It's a Tuesday. So, like, he should be working. <laughs> he should be working. Like, you should expect that from him. God, so needy. Um... And uh, let me just tell you a little anecdote, a little BTS story of that video. Um, of course, they're shooting a music video at the house in my parents' neighborhood, so all the neighbors are crowding around and looking at what's going on. And Lil Flip comes out and takes pictures of people. And this is 2004, so my dad wasn't very good at digital cameras at the time. And uh, my sister goes out to take a picture with Lil Flip, and my dad is taking the picture, and he's like, all right, got it, see ya. And he leaves, and Jessica's, Jessica, my sister's like, can I see the picture? And he's like, oh, I didn't know how to work the camera, so I just pretended. <laughs> and he didn't, <laughs> he didn't, <laughs> he didn't really take a picture um, of my sister and Lil Flip, which she's, she has still not forgiven him because she remains a huge Lil Flip fan. So, I know, um, Lil Flip, you can't, you can't turn on anything without hearing everybody talking about Lil Flip. Yeah, Lil Flip this, Lil Flip that, I know, all day. Um, and the, and then he's in like this, re who does record store appearances anymore anyway? Because he, he's in the record store, he's talking, to his, he's talking to his wife the whole time he's at the record store, supposed to be promoting his record. And she's on the bed, and, 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 here she, and, and then the flip photo shoot, and it's all this stuff that he's making money from. It's like... It's like if, you know, like, yeah. my wife the went over to my house. calendar and was, like, clicked on, like, Monday, and it's like, Adam works today. And she's like, oh, <laughs> you got to be kidding me. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's 10 a.m. meeting with Doug. It's like, oh, fucking, what the heck, Adam? Well, I wanted to spend the day on the yacht or whatever, <laughs> on the on the little flip beach where you have a car. I was uh, so glad that was your pick. I've been waiting for that for a while. And um, <laughs> so I think that concludes this podcast. This has been a good one. We've been waiting to talk to Brother Ali and um, – accidentally phoning people we think are brother ollie so um if you want to if you want some more of this if you want to get in on this then you should follow us at filmed insert on twitter mm -hmm. definitely still repping our new music video at new music video account every day we got so many music videos coming through um and if you want to know what is out today it's very simple just go to filmedinsert.com slash today and i'll show you all the videos that are released today that are in the database so it um, takes 
and definitely sign up for um, a, a, a beta account. Um, pretty much you get approved the same day for a beta account right now. We've got a lot of users in there testing things out. And if you go to our blog, you'll see an article. We're posting a lot of articles about new features and things like that. And if you're involved in pr the production of music videos, then you can sign up for beta and then take over your account in the database and provide all sorts of info about yourselves to do it. It's a no-brainer. So, everybody, uh, thank you for joining us on this uh, spectacular podcast, and we'll see you guys next week. said there was going to be some funny stuff at the end and there really was supposed to be there was this hilarious thing um where adam and i called someone who lived in minneapolis where brother ali was from and we uh called the wrong number and we asked for brother ali and the person got upset because they thought we were prank calling them um because when you call and ask for a famous person um who, uh, it doesn't work out too well but anyway we lost that audio so there's no real funny thing at the end sorry see you next week there normally is funny stuff here though so check it out